0: So welcome to episode 14. Tonight we're talking about being transfigured being transfigured from our old self to our new self, being transfigured into something new that's happening in the body of Christ. I can feel it in my bones. I can feel it in my spirit that God is up to something. Yes, Satan is up to something in this world, but God is up to something in his body, in the body of believers, the body of believers, the bride of Christ is getting ready for her bridegroom to come back but we must be transfigured and be ready for that day that he comes to get us. Are you being transfigured? Are you where you need to be to meet Jesus on that special day? Tonight, we're going to find out, are you ready to meet Jesus when he comes back? Welcome to episode 14. We are talking about being transfigured. And like I talked about earlier, my little baby hope inside of Haley's womb is being transfigured to be birthed into something new, into a new world. And I believe that you and me, the bride of Christ, is getting ready to be birthed into a new world spiritual world, into a new place here. I believe God's going to bring a new wineskin right here in the end times to show himself off. He's going to get glory like never before. There's going to be a great harvest. Many people are going to come home to Jesus, but there must be people who are willing to be transfigured and to be separated from the world. And so tonight, that's what I'm going to talk about. There's no better illustration to be talking about being transfigured than a butterfly. A butterfly starts out at being what a caterpillar. Man, those little fuzzy caterpillars that grow and grow and grow, and then all of a sudden, how the, you ever thought about that? How a caterpillar it looks like a worm, goes into a cocoon, and then comes out with wings and a butterfly It's a butterfly, and it can fly around. <coughs> Excuse me. That is, absolutely blows my mind. And here's what I want you to know tonight: when that caterpillar goes into the cocoon. He knows that he's going in there to be transfigured, to to go in there to grow wings. But I can only imagine how he has to go through that transfiguration. He has to go through the hard times and the, 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 the times where he doesn't know what's going on inside that cocoon. Everything looks blinded. He can't see anything. He's just all tied up. And I believe there's some people out there today that you feel like your life is headed nowhere. You feel all tied up in life. You feel like that you can't spread your wings for nothing. You feel like something new's on the horizon, but you just can't get there. I'm telling you what you are right now, you're in a cocoon season. You're in a season where you are tied up in that cocoon. God has you exactly where he wants you to be. And you can't bust out of that cocoon until it's time, because if you bust out of there before there's wings, then you're not going to be able to fly where God wants you to fly. If you bust out of there before the wings are strengthened, you're not going to be able to fly as far as God wants you to strengthen. If you bust out of there before there's color, you're not going to be as beautiful in the spirit as God wants you to be. So if you're in a cocoon season, stay in there. Don't come out until it's time. Because when it's time, God is going to bring you out and you're going to be colorful and beautiful, flying in in the spirit, flying where God wants you to be. So right now, I just want to say this, stay in the cocoon. I believe there's some people out there tonight that need to hear that. Stay in the cocoon, stay in the presence of God, stay at the feet of Jesus. God's doing something in your life, even in the bad times and the good times. The bad times, sometimes we're like, what in the world is going on? But God can transfigure your heart. He can transfigure your spirit and get you ready for. For something amazing. And I believe that that is what is going on. We find the word transfiguration in the Bible in Matthew chapter 17. And that's where my, uh, that's where this episode's coming out of is Matthew 17 verses one through eight. I don't have any verses to pop up tonight because all the verses are in Matthew chapter 17, one through eight. So if you have your Bible, open it up And let's read Matthew 17, 1 through 8. This is where Jesus takes three of the disciples, Peter, James, and John, up to the mountain of transfiguration, is what it's called. So let's read, bear with me, eight verses. Let's go. After six days, Jesus took with him Peter, James, and John, the brother of James, and led them up a high mountain by themselves. There he was transfigured before them. His face shone like the sun, and his clothes became as white as light. Just then there appeared before them Moses and Elijah talking with Jesus. Peter said to Jesus, "'Lord, is it good? It is good for us to be here. If you wish, I will put up three shelters, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah.' While he was still speaking, a bright cloud covered them, and a voice from the cloud said, "'This is my son, whom I love. With him I am well pleased. Listen to him.'" When the disciples heard this, they fell down face on the ground, terrified. But Jesus came and touched them. Get up, he said. Don't be afraid. When they looked up, they saw no one except Jesus. Can you imagine this scene? Walking up a mountain with Jesus. And you get up to the top of the mountain, and there's Moses, there's Elijah. And Jesus begins to talk with them, and they begin to have a conversation I'd be sitting over there in utter amazement, just going, what? Oh, my God. And this would just be a highlight of my life. But this happened to Peter, James, and John. And this is what's going on. And this is the story. And then God the Father speaks. Man, can you imagine the voice that they heard with those three standing there and then the Father's voice? (coughs) I don't know if there's any other moment you need to know that Jesus he is the Son of God. He is the King of Kings. The Father is real. This is real. I'm telling you what, this is an amazing scene. But let's talk about it. So it says, after six days, Jesus took with him Peter, James, and John. So six days represents a, a, a thousand years represents a day in the Bible. So six days could represent six thousand years. I believe that it's been 6,000 years from creation. It's been 6,000 years from creation. I believe that the church, the body of Christ, is in a season of transfiguration right now. If you feel like you're being transfigured in your spirit, in your mind, your heart, your body, your soul, your family, your job, your finances. If you feel like you're being transfigured, if your church is being transfigured, your ministry is being transfigured, it's because the body of Christ is being transfigured into this moment as we get ready to meet Jesus and go home to be with him and then come back with him and rule and reign here for a thousand years in the millennium reign. Wow, what an amazing, amazing thing to look forward to. See, a transfiguration moment is when Jesus... Jesus takes you somewhere by yourself. The disciples got taken up the mountain by themselves to have a transfiguration moment. I believe Jesus is getting ready to take the church, the bride of Christ, here in America, all around the world. I believe he's going to take us to a mountain of transfiguration to have a moment there with him. So a a moment of transfiguration, it it can happen on a vacation. It can happen in a dream. A moment of transfiguration can be in a marriage problem. It can be in a health problem. It can be in a financial problem. My biggest moment of transfiguration for Brad came in a marriage problem. Me and Haley had marriage problems a few years ago. Those were the biggest transfiguration moments of my life. It's where God became real to me again. I got a new perspective on God. I got a new perspective on myself. I got a new perspective on what God wants to do in this earth. So if you're going through a hard time, a marriage problem, financial problem, health problem, or any type of problem, just hang in there and begin to go in after God because this could be your transfiguration moment. And God can begin to show you some things that when you come out of this moment are going to get you ready to be able to help so many people people on this earth, find Jesus, meet him, and be transfigured and be ready and prepared for the day that Jesus comes. So if you're in a tough time, just hang in there, keep seeking God, because in my darkest moment was the moment that God showed himself to me the most. He truly is close to the brokenhearted, and he will find you right there where you're at. So on this transfiguration moment, Peter, James, and John, that go up to the mountain of transfiguration with Jesus. And this is what I believe is really happening. Jesus took these three disciples up on the mountain away from all others' distractions so that they could see who he really is. See, Peter, James, and John had been following Jesus. here's a, This is Matthew chapter 17. So they've been following Jesus for a couple of years now, and they had been distracted. You know how you, you can get distracted and you can begin to I bet they begin to forget who Jesus really was and begin to maybe treat him as common because they were looking at a man. They weren't looking at an angel or anything like this. So Jesus was a man who was God's son. And their belief in that had to be continually over and over just be reinstated and help them to continue to believe. And I believe that happens because we get so um, we treat our leaders around us as common. You can be around somebody that you love to listen to for, you know, for a year, two, three. And all of a sudden, it's like if they become common to you, their voice becomes common to you. And I believe that Jesus didn't take these disciples up on the mountain of transfiguration to let for him to be transfigured. He, he's the same today, yesterday and forever. So Jesus is he's always the same. I believe Jesus took these uh, disciples up on the mountain of transfiguration so that they could be transfigured, and so that they could be reminded of who Jesus really is. Can you? I mean, can you imagine that? When you're alone with Jesus, He will show you who He is. Your perspective of Jesus will change when you get alone with him. That's why it's important to be alone with Jesus as much as you can, even in your dark moments. Find Jesus. The mountain of transfiguration was not about Jesus being transfigured. Like I said, he's the same today, yesterday, and forever. The mountain of transfiguration was about the disciples being transformed so they could see who Jesus truly is. Jesus was was being who he really is on the mountain. Jesus will take us to places where we can see who he really is because we are the ones that need to be transfigured. What distractions have you had in your life that have um, uh, got you to the place where you're you know, you've just forgotten who Jesus really is. Yeah, he's the, he's the Son of God. He's the Messiah. Thank you, Jesus, for down on the cross for my sins. But have you forgotten who He really is? He's the King of kings, the Lord of lords. He does. He demands all of our respect, all of our honor. And we've got to get to the place where we honor Jesus again with our lives, with our sacrifices, with our offerings. We're to be a living sacrifice for this King that gave His life for us, you know, when Peter first met Jesus, this will this will this will help um, illustrate the point I'm trying to make tonight. When Peter first met Jesus, he was on a boat. He was on his boat, and Peter, Jesus asked Peter, "Hey, can I can I go fishing on your boat? Can we take your your boat out to fish?" And when Jesus asked him that, and he, and, and Peter was like, "I don't, we, well, there's no fish out there. I've been fishing all night." But Jesus said, "Go out there and he casted his net anyway because Jesus said so." There's a message in that because Jesus said so. If Jesus asking you to do something, just do it. Peter did and he caught so many fish that the other boats had to help and Peter fell down on his knees and he said, "Get away from me, Lord, for I am a sinner. I am a sinner. Get away from me, Lord." He knew in that moment that Jesus was the Messiah. But he also saw, when he saw who Jesus was, he knew who he was. He knew that he was a sinner and that he knew Jesus was the Messiah. So this is the place where Peter first met Jesus. But sometimes after we get to know Jesus, when we get to get, uh, we get, um, familiar with his words, familiar with his ways, we can begin to treat him as common or treat him, we, we forget that he's a Messiah. We forget that we are sinner. Yes, it is a blessing to know that our sins are forgiven, but we must always maintain the, the mindset and in, in, in the proper place and position of our lives before our King that Jesus is our King. And this is what happens. So what happens in a mountain of transfiguration moment sometimes is that you fall back on your knees. Jesus knew that Peter needed to fall back on his knees and be reminded that he was a sinner, that Jesus had saved him. It was saving him and that Jesus was king. So when Peter first proclaimed that, he was on his knees. The mountain of transfiguration was designed to get the disciples back on their knees at the feet of their king. When's the last time you've been at the feet of your king because he's your king and that royal majesty and that respect and that honor that's due him. Sometimes we need to be taken places in our lives so that we remember who Jesus truly is. And I really believe that the mountain of transfiguration was not only about the, the conversation that Jesus had with Moses and Elijah and his father, but I really believe it was about the disciples being reminded of who Jesus truly is is. I love this part right here. This is one of my favorite parts. Jesus takes us places to remind us of who he is when we forget. There are times in our lives where we begin to see the earthly clothes that Jesus wears instead of seeing his heavenly garments. What do I mean by that? We can get so I bet the I bet the disciples had got to the point where they were seeing the earthly garments that Jesus was wearing every day, the dust on them, the dirt on them, and they were the same type of clothes that they were wearing. And maybe they had started treating Jesus the same way. Maybe they had started treating him the same way as everybody around. And Jesus knew that they needed to fall back on their face before their king and be reminded of who he is. That he wanted to take them up there to show him, show them his heavenly garments. Just because he came to earth to serve does not mean he is no longer the king. Jesus took the disciples up to the mountain so that he could once again show them that under the earthly clothes that he was wearing was a bright shining robe of a king. Come on. He wanted to remind them that he was the light of the world and give them a glimpse of the light that was also inside of them. You know what? We can begin to treat just the, the word of God. We can begin to treat the word of God as common we hear, we hear the word so much so we treat them as common and we don't take them that they're our king's word, they're our creator's word. We need to make sure that we are given the word of God its proper due respect. And sometimes we need to be on our face and be reminded that Jesus doesn't wear just earthly clothes. That Underneath those earthly clothes is a bright shining robe of light. Can you imagine when Peter, James, and John were up there and Jesus was transfigured and he was just wearing a robe of light. They were like, oh my gosh, I have forgotten who this man is. He is the son of God. He is the Messiah. He is the rock. He is the one that our faith is built upon. And I'm telling you what, Man, when you are reminded of who Jesus is, something happens. And I believe tonight that somebody needs to be reminded of who Jesus is in your life. Have you begun to treat him as common? Have you begin to treat the word of God as common? Have you begin to treat those leaders in your life who are giving you the word of God as common? No, there's times where we need to honor the people around us who are giving us the word of God and pastoring us and teaching us. But there is always time where we need to be honoring our King Jesus, Fall. pride, prostrate on, when is the last time you fell prostrate before your king out of respect and due and honor? Maybe tonight you need to be reminded that Jesus is king. He is Lord. And Peter, James, and John need to be reminded of that before they could be sent out on the mission that God had for them. You know, on this mountain, when Peter, I mean, when uh, Moses and Elijah are talking with Jesus, can you imagine this moment? If this is a moment and I'm listening to them three talk, I'm not going to say a word because I want to be quiet and listen. I don't know. I could interrupt them just like Peter, but I would want to hear everything that they're saying. But Moses and Elijah appeared and they were talking with Jesus. Moses represents the law and Elijah represents the prophets. If there was ever a time to be quiet and listen, it was at this very moment when we get alone with Jesus, we usually hear or see one thing and then we run off and do something or want to build something for Jesus. Imagine all that Peter could have heard if he would have just sat still and been quiet. When you're on a mountaintop experience, a transfiguration moment, these are times to be quiet and to listen to what God himself is saying to you. Or maybe he's talking to people around you and you can listen to what he's saying to people around you. God's trying to get your attention. He's trying to speak to you. He's trying to transfigure you into the person that he wants you to be before he sends you out into the mission that he has for you. If there's ever a time to be quiet, it's when you're on a mountain, when you're being transfigured, when you're at a place where you're like, man, I just need to sit here and listen. You know, when you get before Jesus and he speaks just one thing, don't get up and run off. And go, this is what I'm going to build for Jesus. No, he's speaking to you. He wants to talk to you. Sit there and listen and get the full conversation. Because on this mountain, Peter, who I think he just symbolizes a lot of us, he interrupted Jesus. (coughs) He interrupted Jesus and Moses and Elijah. He interrupted their conversation. Can you believe that he, he literally did this? Can you imagine this scene? Peter forgot who he was and thought he had something to add to their conversation. He had an idea that he thought was worth interrupting their conversation. So many of us are like that. We get an idea and we want to interrupt Jesus. We want to interrupt God. We want to interrupt what he's doing. And we want to throw our two cents in instead of sitting there before our king and listening to him. I'm going to tell you what right now, if the church ever needs to be quiet, if it ever needs to be still, and I'm talking about quiet, I'm talking about before him. I'm not talking about being quiet out there preaching to people. If the church ever needs to be quiet before the Lord and be still, it's right now because the world needs something new. It needs something powerful. It needs a new wineskin. It needs the fresh wind of the spirit. And we're only going to receive that when we sit before our king, we're reminded of who he is. He empowers with his his spirit, with his vision, with his dreams, with what is on his heart. And he gives us the new wineskin that we're to carry out into this world. So it's time for us to quit interrupting God and the be quiet before our King and hear what we need to hear from Him. We must remember who we are and who Jesus is when we get along with Him. Yes, we are now priests and kings, but He is still the King of kings. He wants to raise us up as priests and kings to deliver the authority and the vision and the leadership to this world to bring the kingdom of heaven to earth. But we must have time when we sit before our King and listen to His orders, knowing that they are From the king. This is what thing, I never saw this before, but as Peter interrupted Jesus, Moses, and Elijah, guess who interrupted Peter? Peter opens his mouth and he's beginning to talk. And then it says this it says, I'm gonna read it from the Bible right here. It says, while he was still speaking, a bright cloud enveloped him, and a voice from the cloud said, this is my son whom I love. With him I am well pleased. Listen to him. While Peter was still speaking, while his mouth was still running, the father interrupted Peter. While Peter interrupted Jesus, Moses, and Elijah, the father interrupted Peter. And he said, hey, this is a time for you to listen. He said, this is my son whom I'm well pleased. He was reminding them of who Jesus was and they needed to get close to him, listen to what he had to say. and Because and we always get before Jesus and when we run off and we want to do what we have our ideas. No, it's time to listen to Jesus God said God could have said anything when He interrupted Peter. He said, "This is my son, whom I am well pleased." And then He said, "Listen to him." Basically, he's saying, "Peter, you're on a mountain of transfiguration before Jesus, Moses, and Elijah, and you're running your mouth like you have the answers." No. He's saying, listen to Jesus. And I want to tell myself, everybody out there listening, the church, the bride of Christ. This is a moment where we need to be silent before our king and we need to listen to him. Listen to what he has saying. I believe we're in a Mount Transfiguration moment where God is getting ready to do something new and something amazing. But we must listen to him. It's time to be silent. It's time to put our old ministries away. Our old mindsets away and go, I'm gonna sit here and be silent until I hear something from my king, until I hear an order from my king. And then I'm gonna get up with the right due, respect, and honor, remembering that he has he's been clothed in light. And remember that I am a sinner that he has saved and I'm going to serve him with everything that I have. He gave himself for me. I'm going to be a living sacrifice for him. And this is what it takes is for us to to not interrupt the Lord. Don't interrupt the Holy Spirit when he's speaking to you during this season while you're in the cocoon. Stay in there and listen to Jesus. He's building your wings. He's giving you color. He's giving you strength to fly. Your season is coming soon. The cocoon will open up. But have you listened to Jesus? while you're in the cocoon. See, Peter wanted to build something instead of listening to Jesus. Peter, he jumps up, he interrupts Jesus, and he interrupts their conversation, and he says, hey, I, I, this is great. This is a great moment. This is really good. You want me to build a shelter for Moses, build a shelter for Elijah, and build a shelter for you, and we can just stay here forever? Is that what, can, you, you want to do that? And this is, What happens to so many of us? We're having a moment with God and then we want to jump up and build something instead of listen to Jesus. Church, this is not a time to go out and build something on our own. This is a moment where we need to sit before our king, listen to Jesus and find out what he wants to build. And then we won't be building in vain. We won't, our laborers won't build in vain when we find out what Jesus wants to build, what the king wants to build, what's on the father's heart in this moment, in this hour is something that we need to find out. And we're only going to find out when we're quiet before Jesus. Our proper place before our king is, is we need to be on our face going, hey, because, you know, when they, when they got on, on the on the mountain transfiguration, Peter, James and John, when the, when, the, when the father opened his mouth and said, listen to Jesus, they fell prostrate on the ground, face down because they knew they were in the presence of almighty God, the great I am. Once we fall down before Jesus again and the view of ourselves and Jesus is readjusted, then Jesus will come over and touch us. We all long to be touched by Jesus, but we are not willing to take our proper place before him. When is the last time you fell down before your king? When is the last time you were terrified in the presence of the Lord? When is the last time the fear of the Lord hit you so hard that you were terrified? See, they had lost the royalty and majesty of who Jesus is. I'm asking you tonight, have you lost the royalty and the majesty of who Jesus is? When's the last time you've been terrified in the presence of God because you remembered who he really is? He he has the power to throw me and you into hell. He has the power to throw us there, but he also has the power to save us. He is the almighty God, almighty king. Have you remembered who he is, we must find our place. Because in this passage of Matthew 17, 1 through 8, it says that Jesus came over and touched them because they were down, they were face down before the King. And when you're face down before the King, here's what you know: is that you can stay, you stay there as long as Jesus. Is asking you to. You stay there in the presence of God, face down before the King. And then when Jesus is ready to come over there and get you, he'll come over there and touch you and tell you it's time to get up. And that's what I want to jump into right here. One of my favorite two words in this um, portion of scripture. Let me get some water here. In the, my favorite two, some of my two two favorite words in this portion of scripture is the words get up. Listen to this. The first word spoken by Jesus to the disciples after the father told them to listen to them was get up. Jesus knew that they had been rebuked and put in their proper place and that they were not going to move until he told them to. The first thing Jesus will speak to those who have fallen face down at his feet will be get up. When your king tells you to get up, you get up. So get up from where you are and listen to Jesus tell you what he needs you to do in order to help the Father accomplish his will on this earth. There's so many of us who have been, um, fall, maybe this is a moment in transfiguration where life has knocked you down on your face and you're down there and you've been wounded. <coughs> I was wounded so bad I didn't know if I'd ever get back up, but I heard Jesus. I heard him tell me, Brad, it's time to get back up. My King, my Jesus in all of my darkest moments, he didn't leave me there. He didn't leave me on the place where I needed to be corrected and where I needed to hear from God and be reminded of who God was and had the proper perspective. Jesus didn't leave me there. He came over, and he touched me, and he told me to get up. Brad, you don't have to stay down here any longer, and I believe there's people out there right now That you've been knocked down by life. You've been knocked down by the enemy. You've been knocked down so many times. And Jesus is coming over tonight and he's touching you. And he's saying it's time to get up. It's time to go help the Father. It's time to get out there and do what God's called you to do to help him accomplish his will on this earth. And so I believe there's some people out there tonight who it's time for you to get up. You've been down too long and Jesus is telling you it's time to get up. You know, the second thing that Jesus said to his disciples after he said, get up. The second thing he said was, do not be afraid. Don't be afraid. (coughs) it'd be very easy for us to be afraid to get up because we were just remembered who Jesus is, who God is, and we were trembling in his presence. It's also where we can be afraid to get up because... We have got, we fell down in our past. we made mistakes or we were um, burned by the uh, church or by leaders, or we were wounded by people that that love God. We were wounded by our brothers and sisters in Christ, or we were just wounded spiritually by the enemy so bad that it's, it's scary to get back up. But Jesus is coming tonight to the bride of Christ and he's coming to touch us. He's saying, get up. And he's saying, you don't have to be afraid don't be afraid first of all he knew that they had been reminded of, of of who he was and he wanted them to know that he is still a good king that is full of love for them he wanted them to know that even though he carried the power of the king that he still wanted to have an intimate relationship with each one of them he wanted to be close enough to each one of them to where he could touch them no matter what you've been through no matter how many times that Jesus has had to correct you rebuke you there's no no matter how how many times you've had to be knocked down on your face to be reminded of who you truly are and who Jesus truly is, or maybe you've been knocked down by the enemy or you've been knocked down. No matter what, how many times you've been knocked down, Jesus will always come back over and get really close to you and touch you, tell you to get back up because he wants a personal, intimate relationship with you. That's what he wants. That's what he wants more than anything is a personal, intimate relationship with you. And I'm telling you right now that there's nothing better than hearing the words of the king tell you to get up because he's going to help wipe off all the wounds. He's going to help heal those wounds. I've had so many spiritual wounds. It's not even funny, but I can I love those moments when I know that Jesus is wrapping me up. He's touching me and he's telling me, it's okay, Brad, it's time to get up. You don't have to be afraid. You can get back out there and serve with me and, and, and be a servant of, uh, he's the king, be a servant of our King Jesus. He's saying, please come serve with me again. He's inviting me back into his army to be a soldier for him and to be help him in his courts in the kingdom of heaven. And tonight he's inviting you back into the kingdom of heaven to serve with him, to serve the king of kings and the Lord of lords in No greater honor to be a sacrifice for him, a living sacrifice for Jesus. And then the way that this ends, man, the way that this portion of scripture ends just really blew me away. It says, When they looked up, they saw no one except Jesus. That's how these verses end there in verse 8. It says, When they looked up, They saw no one there except Jesus. They had had this moment on the mountain of transfiguration. They had been knocked down. The Father had spoken to them and told them to listen to Jesus. They were knocked down on their face, prostrate before the Lord in this holy moment. But when they looked up, they saw no one except Jesus. This is what happens on the mountain of transfiguration. Jesus is transfigured before our eyes into who he really is. And we are transformed into who we really are. Once we are properly transfigured, all we will see is Jesus. When you are properly transfigured and you come busting out of that cocoon, that means that your eyes are on Jesus, the author and perfecter of your faith. That's where our eyes are supposed to be, <coughs> is on Jesus. The Father will keep us face down, terrified before the king until everything else is removed from our sight but him. Come on, somebody. This is good. The moment that our eyes are fixed on Jesus again is the moment we are ready to follow Jesus down the mountain, listening to what he says. Jesus has to take us to the mountain to remind us that he has the plans that will help the people in the valley. Jesus takes us to the mountain, so we will surrender our ideas and the things we are building to him so he can lead us back into the valley with his kingdom vision to help the people. When Jesus is all that I see, then I am ready to head back into the valley. I want to ask you tonight, is Jesus all that you see right now? If it's not, you're probably in a transfiguration moment. You're in some type of cocoon. It could be a health problem, marriage problem, financial problem. It could just be simply God's transforming your character. He's transforming you into the person he wants you to be because there's something special. He wants all of us to be transfigured into the person where we can go back down with him into the valley where the people are and get our eyes focused on Jesus and let Jesus move through us to help the people. Y'all, there are people out there in this world that need help physically, spiritually, emotionally. And it's going to get us getting our eyes back on Jesus and know what's important on his heart so that we are reminded to go back down into the valley and to help the people. Man, I'm so excited and fired up that God is doing something special in this generation and in this hour. I believe that God's getting ready to go come get the bride of Christ. But before he does that, he's going to transfigure us into a beautiful, radiant, spotless, a bride without blemish and without fault. And that's going to come when we re- remember who we truly are covered in the blood of Jesus. And we will remember who Jesus truly is, that he's the king of kings and that he's the Lord of lords. Tonight, we have learned about being transfigured. Are you ready to be transfigured? Are you ready to meet Jesus face to face? Are you ready to hear the plans that he has for you? If you're in a transfiguration moment tonight, it's okay. If you're in a health problem, if you're in a marriage problem, a financial problem, Jesus is doing something inside of you and he is getting ready to bust you out of that cocoon, but stay in there until he transfigures you. It's okay to be rebuked. It's okay to be corrected. That just means that we are children of God because he disciplines those who, his children that he loves. He's getting us ready to fall prostrate before the king of kings and be reminded of who he is. To Be reminded he's the king of kings and the Lord of lords. And he's telling each and every one of us now in this moment that the church is in a transfiguration moment. He's coming over to touch us. He's telling us to get up. It's time for us to get up off of the ground. It's time for us to get up off of our knees and to put our eyes on Jesus, who's the author and perfecter of our faith. You've been down too long. Jesus is telling you tonight to get up. He's going to touch you. He's say it's time to get up. It's time to fall in love with Him all over again. You don't have to be afraid of this world because He who is in you is greater than He who is in the world. So tonight, I say get your eyes upon Jesus. He's got he, when your eyes are upon him all the other distractions will melt away this world will become dim and your focus will be zeroed in on Jesus because he's coming back to get you and it's our time to get ready Are you ready? Are you transfigured I'm telling you what tonight? Jesus has taken us all up to the mountain of transfiguration so that we could remember who he is. We're not staring at his earthly clothes anymore. We are staring at the robe of light that is underneath those earthly clothes that he wore when he came down here. Tonight, are you transfigured? Are you ready to be used by Jesus?